Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. It was a great day in the system yesterday. Everybody in the system won except for Double A Tulsa, who, by the way, won a very close game, a great game there at One Oak Field in downtown Drillville and T-Town. They lost 3-2 to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. A very good team, a team that I got to see with my own eyes. Tuesday night, they have a lot of talent. They have a reliever and a closer that can reach over 100 miles an hour. Good offense. So, hey, it was a great day in the system. And by the way, talking about Double A Tulsa, all prayers go out to their manager, Scott Hennessy. He has been diagnosed with a cancer. I believe it's in his neck. And I'll tell you a little backstory about him. Just an awesome dude. Had a chance to talk to him a couple of times. You know, he was a, a part of the Cali County program as far as the coaching staff that came into Arc City, Kansas, and started that JUCO baseball program there at Cali County, him and Dave Burroughs and Darren Burroughs and, and all those boys there, they came into Arc City, Kansas, and they started and built a powerhouse junior college program in Arc City, Kansas. It was right right after I graduated high school. It was right about when I started coaching uh, at Guthrie. And so I knew you know all about, about Henny. I knew all about Dave. As a matter of fact, I've I've actually got to coach with Dave, who was the head coach at Cali for many different times, who was the head coach for Scott Hennessy while he was at Cali. So we still communicate as far as, you know, I, I, I message Dave every now and then, get to talk to Scott, message Scott, you know, congratulate him on things here or there. And so we have kind of that, that background. So when you have a baseball background like that where he's recruited some of your players and you know all about them and, and you have that amount of respect for some of the work he did, you know, uh, you know, and then he went became a scout for the Dodgers for, for several different years. It makes it a situation to where as much as you root for these guys, you root for them that much harder. So just a great dude. He's been nothing but welcoming to me every time I've got, you know, at Wichita a couple of weeks ago, nothing but welcoming. He said, hey, whatever you need, just let me know, and I'll make sure that you get it. And then, you know, the other night, the first thing he said was, hey, what do you need? Just let me know. And that was, you know, after it had been announced that he was going to take leave you know so he can take care of his medical conditions well that night he coached third and i can tell you he's not feeling very good right now but he is tough as nails he will come through this he will beat this so hey prayers out to scott hennessy the double a tulsa manager wanted to make sure and start the show off with that because that dude man i can't tell you how well liked he is i've talked to so many of these players and the first thing out of their mouth is always Henny is the man. When you address AA manager Scott Hennessy, the only way to put it is Henny is the man. No doubt about it. All the way back to Cali, all the way through AA Tulsa. So prayers are out for him. So a lot to get to today. It was a busy day in the system yesterday. But before we get into all that, just a reminder that if you'd like to help Dodgers Daily by donating, we do now have a GoFundMe account. So just scroll down to the description. Click the link and it'll take you right to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe where you can help Dodgers Daily continue to grow by donating. Also, if you like this video, if you like this kind of content, keep leaving comments. The, the war room is just spectacular at Dodgers Daily. It's not huge yet, but the back and forth is just absolutely awesome. Keep liking these videos. Keep sharing them. Keep telling all your friends about Dodgers Daily and make sure that you have your notifications turned on after you subscribe so okay a lot to get to Clayton Kershaw he is the absolute goat not only did he give the Dodgers what they needed in terms of a bounce back you know that all that negative momentum coming out of the San Francisco series turned that all the way around which is exactly what a Hall of Famer 
ace-type pitcher like Clayton Kershaw should do. Offense hasn't been scoring a lot as of late, but the bullpen, hey, how about them last night? So a lot to get to. Let's not waste more time. Let's get right to it and let's talk Dodgers baseball. So the Dodgers are 41-33, and 33, third place in the NL West, two and a half games behind San Francisco, who has been playing just absolutely phenomenal baseball as of late. Three and a half games back from Arizona. I've talked about it on several different occasions. This is the part of your season. You took care of the Angels. You made up a game on Arizona during that two-game stretch. Then you have the Astros, who haven't been having a great season. If you can have a good series there, then you have the Rockies and the Royals, and you have a schedule coming up, certainly before the All-Star break, that you can get yourself right back into things. If not, hey, be right there tied, or maybe a game back, or maybe if things go absolutely perfectly, even have the lead in the NOS by the All-Star break. This is a big period of this season, not to mention it brings you into July, which is the end of July is the trade deadline. So you really need to start putting all these pieces together to figure out what your, your formula is and what your plan is moving forward. We saw Ryan Brazier throw last night. We will get into the DFA situation of Andre Jackson. I will give my thoughts on that. So let's dive in, Clayton Kershaw. Okay, you've heard all the stats about you know the amount of, of scoreless games that he's thrown going at least seven innings since the year 1900. You know how just great Clayton Kershaw is. You know all the stats as far as the wonderful Hall of Fame career he's had. The biggest part of what Clayton Kershaw did for this Dodgers team, there was a lot of negative momentum going around the ball club. There was a lot of just kind of head scratching and maybe even self-doubt starting to creep in and just like a hall of famer should do he put an end to all of that even in a part of the year to where the you know hey offensive baseball is going to come and go it's a very difficult game you're going to have periods of the year where you're scoring seven or eight runs a game it seems like every single game then you're going to have periods of the year where it seems like man are we ever going to score again that's just how baseball goes the Dodgers are in one of those periods right now where they're not hitting a whole lot of home runs. They're struggling to score runs. Only scored four runs in total in the two games with the Angels, but won both games, and that's because Clayton Kershaw just got all of the momentum shifted from negative to positive and gets got the whole thing jump-started like, hey, this is the first game of the rest of our season. That's all we can do. Everything is in the past. You know, the series with the Giants, that's in the past. There's nothing we can do about that now. All we can do is just move forward and play the best baseball we can from here on out. And he did that, and he gave his team a lot of positive momentum moving forward. Made it easy to map out that game from a bullpen perspective. You know, Caleb Ferguson and and Evan Phillips were, were just fantastic like they have been as of late. And how about the bullpen? The bullpen that people have been rightfully so. And on the last show I mentioned, we're second to last worst in all of Major League Baseball, which is totally unacceptable. Well, apparently they agreed with that sentiment because they have thrown 14 scoreless innings in a row. They knew they were second to worst in the game of baseball in the bullpen, and they knew that was not unacceptable, like we talked about on the last show. And they have absolutely done something about it. The bullpen has thrown 14 scoreless innings in a row. Okay, pitching. 23 strikeouts against the Angels, just six walks. How about that for the pitching staff? That's fantastic. I thought Mark Pryor did a fantastic job. We'll talk about the mapping 
of the bullpen game last night. But I thought more so than anything, you know, if there's been one probably complaint that I would have about Mark Pryor is that he's more reactive than proactive as far as communicating with his pitchers while they're pitching and in the game. And the reason is he wants them to get comfortable. He wants them to be able to work out of their own issues. He doesn't want them to have to rely on somebody else to to solve all of their issues. So you leave them out there, you let them deal with it, you let them figure it out. And, and by if you let you know people do that type of thing, then all of a sudden they become self-motivated. They have confidence to themselves. They don't have to rely on others. So I get why he, does, why he does that. It's worked in the past. You've had big leads in the division. You've won 111 games. You've had the ability to do that and kind of be a, a little bit more hands-off in terms of your in-game communication. Right now, the Dodgers are in crisis mode. You got to just, you got to be more hands on at the moment. I love the fact that, hey, Ryan Brazier, he goes out there and he talks to him about game plan, whatever else you wanted to talk to him about that. He went out and talked to Bobby Miller the other night. So I like the fact Mark Pryor was more hands on last night with the pitching staff. I think that needs to continue at least until, you, you know, you get some more positive momentum where guys are feeling a little bit better about themselves okay so i talked about the formula the dodgers going at least six innings of course yesterday was a bullpen game but clayton kershaw certainly did that give up four or less runs of course four runs would have lost the the first game of that series because the dodgers only scored two but they only had to score two because clayton kershaw held them to two okay and then you know the bullpen a large part of this is you know addition by subtraction and what i mean by that is i talked about that rotation on a basketball team a lot of improving your bullpen is going to be just only using the pitchers that you know have, are going to have success you know as far as their track record from this year you know we're going to talk about evan phillips who obviously has been fantastic caleb ferguson okay caleb ferguson has thrown Five scoreless outings in a row. That's five innings in total. He has five Ks and just one walk on those outings. So not only is the stuff good, we've seen it hit 98. You know, it's really good from the left side. He's also forcing the other team to have to hit that really good stuff to beat him. He's not giving away the game by giving freebies and walks and that kind of deal. So five scoreless outings in a row for Caleb Ferguson. Bruzdar Gratterall, I mentioned, hey, Shelby Miller and or Bruzdar Gratterall would throw every game. So the three guys that I would give one inning to every game, of course, when I say every game, what I mean is every game that is in contention. Hey, let's say that you get down six runs, you get ahead five or six runs, you're going to have some games like that throughout the season. I think that's when you can incorporate some of the other guys a little bit heavier. Of course, we saw them have to do it with the bullpen game last night. But the high leverage games, the games that are one, two, three run games, Bruzdar Gratterall throws. Now the Shelby Miller's on the shelf, throws one inning every game. And of course he threw two last night, so he's gonna have to have a day or two off. Caleb Ferguson throws an inning, Evan Phillips throws an inning. So if you can get six innings out of your, your starter, say your starter gives up four runs, and then say between those three, Maybe one of them gives up a run. That's five runs. I think the Dodgers win most of those games. And then on a good night, like we've seen the last couple nights, maybe that's only giving up, you know, two runs in the game. And that's even better. So Caleb Ferguson has been absolutely fantastic. After having three outings in a row where he struggled, we all know about that. He's bounced back after Doc challenged him to the media, said that Caleb Ferguson needed to get his process right in terms of the, the types of thoughts he's having and the, the way that he's approaching 
His performance is mentally, since that period, he's put up five zeros again, and he has five Ks and one walk in five outings in a row. So fantastic job. Caleb Ferguson bruised our Gratterall. Okay, Dodgers fans, I say this all the time. They criticize him way too much. And I'll tell you this, you know, hey, Dodgers fans have very, very, very high expectations. For instance, let's take Dave Roberts, okay? Dave Roberts takes on so much criticism, and, and, and he's won World, one World Series. What people will say is, hey, you've had the best talent in the world, and you know, you've won all these games, but you've only won one World Series. Okay, the Dodgers won 111 games last year. Okay, they've won the NL West in six of seven of Dave Roberts' years that he's been the manager. Okay, and they've made the NLCS, the National League Championship Series, five of the last six years. That is great success. Okay, but again, you're the Dodgers. You have the best talent. Okay, so Roberts' teams have made the World Series on three different occasions since he's been the manager at the Dodgers. That's that's really good. They've won one in his seven years. That's where people go sideways. Hey, well, you should have won more than one World Series in seven years. Okay, well, let's, let's compare that to Tommy Lasorda, who, hey, he was awesome. We all love Tommy Lasorda. He was just a wonderful manager. I've never heard a negative word said about him. I would never say a negative word about Tommy Lasorda. I use that only to say, here's how much success Dave Roberts has actually had. Tommy Lasorda managed the Dodgers for 20 years, and he won two World Series. So Tommy Lasorda averaged winning a World Series one out of every 10 years. Okay, Dave Roberts has averaged winning one, one out of every seven, and his winning percentage is is just phenomenal it's one of the most elite winning percentages both in the regular season and the playoffs of any manager ever including some of the old Yankees managers okay so that's how much success Dave Roberts has had since he's since he's been the manager of the Dodgers it's been actually fairly phenomenal it's been historic it's been elite okay and Dodgers fans still aren't happy with him because they think he should have won more than one World Series that goes to show you just how high the expectations are for the Dodgers. I think I, I say all of that to kind of bring it back to, you know, Bruce Dark Gratterall and some of the bullpen pieces. Okay, well, Bruce Dark Gratterall, he actually has been very, very, very good. Okay, he was the opener last night. 2.25 ERA, last 15 games. Last 15 games, Bruce Dark Gratterall's ERA has been 169. 169. That's 15 games. That's a pretty big sample size when you're a reliever. Okay, 106 whip, which means he's also been efficient. And he has 14. You know, one of the things I always hear about Bruce Dargratterall, he doesn't strike enough guys out. You know, he throws 100, doesn't strike enough guys out. Okay, well, the last 15 games, he has 14 strikeouts and just three walks. Okay, that's almost a 5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. This dude, Bruce Dargratterall, has been very very, very good. The criticism he gets from Dodgers fans, it's unrealistic. It's not based on fact. And he is a guy that he would throw every day. He would get one inning every day for me in the high leverage games until he started not pitching like the stats. Of course, as soon as I say that, he's liable to go through a period or a patch that's not quite as good. That seems like how baseball always goes. But to this point, Bruised our Gratterall has been fantastic this year. Caleb Ferguson, last five outings. You know, we know that it's in there. We know the stuff is there. We know the competitive element is there. He's been really good the last five innings. And we know that Evan Phillips, you know, basically since he's become a Dodger, has been just elite as well. Okay, 
How about Ryan Brazier? Let's talk about the acquisition for him. Andre Jackson got DFA'd. I think that took everybody by surprise. First of all, in terms of Andre Jackson, I love Andre. I've had a chance to talk to him. And as a matter of fact, on Sunday, I had an interview scheduled with him, but I think that's when he found out actually that day, you know, while he was at the stadium on Sunday that he was getting DFA'd. So I didn't get to interview him. I saw him early on Sunday, you know, while they were doing all of their their, their uh, flat work and all of their early catch uh, around, say, 11 o'clock, about three hours before game time. Then I didn't see him again. I'm assuming, of course, I don't know this for a fact. I'm certainly not going to ask. I think between the time he did his flat work and early, early catch play work and the time I was going to actually interview him, I think that's probably when he found out. Okay, so, hey, this sounds like, oh, wow, this is terrible for Andre. That, on the surface, it looks like that. Actually, this is a really good thing for Andre. Okay, the Dodgers, here's the thing, man. If you're, if you're a, a, an inexperienced player, it is so hard to have success in this organization because they need you to come in and be good right now. The Dodgers, you know, we saw, I talked about the success Dave Roberts has had, the success Bruce Dar Gratterall has had, the success Caleb Ferguson has had lately, and they still take on criticism, quite a bit of it from Dodgers fans. So, you know, to be a rookie and to come up, you don't have that learning curve. You don't have that period of time like other organizations are able to give you. I don't mean this as a criticism of anybody. It's just the situation the Dodgers are in because if they fall back a game or two, Dodgers fans lose their minds. They, they, they can't take the fact that the Dodgers are a little bit younger this year or some guys haven't performed and or, you know, hey, maybe this is just one of those years to where it's, you know, it's just, we're just not quite as good as we have. Dodgers fans don't accept that at all, okay? And they get very critical and it makes it very difficult because you don't have that period of time as a rookie to where you fail overcome it, fail, overcome it, make your adjustments, and get comfortable from that perspective. Miguel Vargas has had that period. James Alvin has had that period, but at the same time, you still kind of feel like, you know, you look on social media and you see all the time, should the Dodgers send James out? I even had, you know, my own show on it as well, just to reset him. You know, I didn't have my own show, but I even made the comment, hey, whichever way the club wants to go. So you still kind of feel like that, you know, the club is, is looking over your shoulder from that perspective. So Andre Jackson, up and down, had a hard time getting comfortable. You know, he had a really good outing his last time out, but then he would have a, a, an outing or two that wasn't as good. And the Dodgers aren't in a position being three and a half games back to where they can deal with up and down right now. Even if you have a guy like Andre Jackson, whose velo is up, the, the changeup is good. Just not a guy right now that the club felt like, you know, they can incorporate back and, and do him any favors from that perspective. He's outgrown AAA. He's a quad A guy. So by getting DFA'd, Andre, I would assume, is going to get picked up. I actually talked to Dave Holliday at the Drillers game on Tuesday, and he's, he's a major league scout for the Phillies. He said he'd be shocked if he passed waivers. So I would think if he cleared waivers, I would think he gets picked up in waivers. And then I think at that point he gets picked up by a team that gives him consistent action at the major league level. They give him a window of time that allows him to get comfortable, that allows him to go through failure, work through failure, get back on top, and to fix those 
that, that part of the process and get comfortable from that perspective. So I think he's going to get picked up, sent to a team that's going to put him at the major league level and give him that window. So from that perspective, I think this is great for Andre Jackson. I think it's much better for Andre Jackson than it's going to be a deficit for the club because I don't think the club is going to use him much because he has been so up and down. And we saw Ryan Brazier last night. You know, that's the guy that they're replacing Andre Jackson with. So you say, well, maybe what about an Alex Bessie or somebody like that? Okay, well, first of all, you know, left-handers who have had major league success that can throw 95-96, those are tough guys to, to give up on. For, for one and two, you know, you're trading a right-hander for a left-hander. So I don't think – I think that the club wanted to go righty for a righty for, as far as that situation goes. So how about Ryan Brazier? Why did the Dodgers pick him up? He had an ERA over seven. Well, he fits the formula, okay? The, he has the four seam, then he has the slider. So the, the, the slider turns left for him, okay? And then that four seam rides the top of the zone. And then he has a sinker that turns right. So he has the three different shapes. You know, a lot of times the club uses the changeup. The sinker's fine, too. The sinker's going to give him that right turn the same way a changeup would have, but just with a little added extra reload. Now, he's not going to have the, the speed differential that a changeup would give him, but he is going to have a right turn to the sinker, a left turn to the slider, and the ride to the fastball. So, hey, that's the combination. That's the formula the Dodgers like, especially when you can hit 96 last night. Actually, Brazier hit 97 Point one, so the velo is there. The three different shapes to the pitches are there. You know, he, he has major league experience. That's the exact kind of guy the Dodgers go get and resurrect a Chris Martin type of guy and make him the type of pitcher that he's capable of becoming. And he did a good job last night in the bullpen game. Another thing about the bullpen too, you know, kind of like hitting, it's contagious. When one guy goes out there like Bruce Dark Gratterall gets it off to a great start, the next guy doesn't want to be the guy that screws that up. Then the next guy comes out, then all of a sudden you have a snowball of, of positive momentum where each guy's coming in going, man, I don't want to be the guy that, that screws this thing up. Everybody's been throwing great. If I'm the guy that comes out here and gives up three or four runs, you know, that's going to suck really bad. So you start from that perspective getting really competitive with it. And, and each guy that comes in, you know, they feed off of the positive energy and positive momentum and expectations that the guy that came in before them laid out. And so from that perspective, I really do think the bullpen, that situation is contagious, both on a positive and a negative perspective. And I think last night, definitely it worked in a positive, you know, to a positive advantage for the Dodgers. How about the defense? Okay, not only did you make just one error, which was Michael Bush's pop-up, which Michael Bush hasn't played a lot of third base. Those types of, of plays like that are the ones that are going to get them that are, that are just a little bit different. Probably haven't worked on that pop-up at all. You know, taking a million different ground balls, working to your left, working to your right, coming in, backhands, forehands, short hops, tweener hops, worked all of those. Probably haven't worked on too many of those type of pop-ups that are moving every which way. So Michael Bush dropped the pop-up, but hey, that's the only error. You actually have more assists at home plate from your outfielders throwing guys out at home plate in this two-game series than you did errors. So that is absolutely fantastic. You threw two guys out of the plate, only made two, uh, one error. So the defense has been absolutely fantastic. Okay, so the offense I mentioned, you know, hey, you're going to have ups and downs in offensive baseball. It's one of those deals where hitting a baseball is the hardest thing, in my opinion, in all of sports. So you're going to have some periods 
where you know you're going really good some periods like now we're not scoring as many runs but still having said that the Dodgers have been a good offense this year although they're struggling as of late they're fourth in the major leagues and run scored okay and so like I said although you know there's ups and downs you know and right now is one of those down periods still the offense has been good overall for the year scored just 29 runs here's an example the offense has scored just 29 runs the last nine games that's just 3.2 runs per game in the last nine for a club that's still trying to figure out its pitching staff both bullpen wise and starting wise so you know that's why you lose some of those gains but very proud of the club to overcome yesterday and the last two games especially the bullpen game you beat Shohei Otani with a bullpen game in a bullpen game that you only scored two runs that's absolutely fantastic so four and five during that nine game stretch we're only scoring 3.2 runs per game which is actually starting to get a little bit better you're starting to be able to not just have to win games in one way in the sense that hey we either hit two or three home runs score seven or eight runs and win or we don't do that and lose you know i've talked about really good clubs in the past they figure out different ways to win the last two nights definitely have been different ways in terms of having a bullpen game not scoring a whole lot of runs and still winning both of those games so hey all is positive as we move into our series with the Astros. Can't wait for that. So hope you enjoyed our, our segment here on the L.A. Dodgers. Time now to transition to the minor leagues. And so let's not waste any more time. Let's take a trip down on the farm. The Oklahoma City Dodgers, the AAA level for the Dodgers system is 48-21 and 21 on the season. They've played a couple of games since I've talked to you last. On Tuesday night, wow, do they ever play offense. They scored two in the second, two in the fourth, two in the fifth. They scored one in the sixth, so they scored four out of five innings in a row. They weren't done, though. They scored a three spot in the eighth, and they beat the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA affiliates of the Oakland A's, 10-5 Tuesday night in front of a good crowd there at Bricktown Ballpark in downtown Oklahoma City on the afternoon or the evening. They had 12 hits and 10 runs. They had seven RBIs in the team with runners in scoring position with five for 15. And only with all that traffic, only left on base, nine guys. So it was a good night offensively for the Oklahoma City Dodgers. At the top of the lineup, Drew Avins. He had a couple of base knocks. He had two hits on the night and an RBI. He also scored a run. Ryan Ward-Wardo, he had a base hit. He went one for four on the evening, also had a walk. So he is on base twice and scored a run as well. David Freitas, hey, Freitas is off the development list. Development list, I got a chance to watch him. I love the energy he plays with. He got him a base hit as well. Drew Avins, by the way, hit his ninth home run as well. Recently acquired David Dahl got two hits on Tuesday evening, he went two for four with an RBI, got on base three different times, and Dahl actually hit his second double of the season as well as far as with a second double with Triple A Oklahoma City, seventh of the season. So newly acquired David Dahl had a good game. And how about Devin Mann? Devin Mann had two more base hits again. Devin Mann's average is all the way up to 316. His OPS is just one point under 1,000. He's at 999 with his OPS. Got a chance to talk to him, getting ready to release his interview. Super excited about that. Young man that's played every single position except for pitcher and catcher. Super versatile. Great athlete. Long and lengthy. Lanky. Wonderful young man. So Devin Mann has been playing great. And then Bryson Brigman had another hit and a couple of RBIs as well. So the offense was fantastic for AAA Oklahoma City. 
Okay, for the pitching, Mike Montgomery started, gave up four runs in four innings. Those runs all were earned. He had a couple of walks and one strikeout. And then Daniel Hudson, you know, Daniel Hudson, he has thrown in two games in a row. He actually got the win on Tuesday night. He went an inning, scored us. And then Phil Bickford got the hold. So did Gus Varland. Gus Varland also got a hold. Adam Kalerick, they all went one inning scoreless as well. And then Wander Suero, he gave up a run at the end, okay, in his one inning. But the Dodgers, again, the Triple Oklahoma City Dodgers, they won that game 10-5. to So that was a fantastic game on Tuesday evening. On Wednesday, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, they won one to nothing. So, hey, the L.A. Dodgers won two to nothing. Last night, Triple A Oklahoma City lost or won one to nothing. So combined between high, between the major leagues and Triple A, you score three runs and you win two games. How about that? Can't beat that with a stick offensively. Cole Calhoun recently acquired. He had two hits on the evening and he had the only RBI. Pitching wise, last night. Brian Hudson, who we saw at the Major League level, he got sent back down. He actually got the start. He went 1.1 scoreless innings. Mark Washington went two and two-thirds scoreless innings. I just really hope they give Wash a chance at the Major League level. Justin Brewell actually got the win on the bump. He went one inning scoreless. And then Daniel Hudson, again, his second outing in a row for the Dodgers. He pitched on back-to-back nights. That's very big, being on rehab. He actually got a hold. Adam Kolarik. Got a hold as well. That's a sixth of the season with one inning scoreless. Justin Hageman went an inning and didn't give up a run. And then Wander Suero came in, and he had a scoreless inning at the end of that game to finish the game, and he actually got the save, his seventh save of the season to keep the Aviators scoreless, which you had to because you only scored one run, and to win that game one to nothing, and again to move the Triple Oklahoma City Dodgers record to 49 and 21 on the season. With all the movement that the Dodgers have made, you know, between the Major League Club, I believe 120 different moves at the AAA level, I think the team that it probably has affected negatively the most has been Tulsa. They've been scuffling as of late. They've lost their first two games of this homestand. I was there on Tuesday night when they lost 62 to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Ben Kasperius, I was super excited to get to see him in person. He was very good. He gave up a couple of home runs and five runs, but it was one of those deals to where it was just kind of unlucky from here to there. Then he just made a couple of mistakes and it snowballed on him a little bit. So Kasperius did give up the five runs, but super impressed. He was about 94, 95, 96, somewhere in there. Had the really good breaking ball, so I enjoyed getting to watch him. Also, Antonio Knowles, I couldn't wait to see his slider in person, and it was as advertised. He was fantastic. He reached as high as 95, working both sides of the plate, working that slider, working multiple pitches. He went an inning in the third scoreless. I was super excited to get to see that. Trevor Betancourt, I did not realize how good Trevor Betancourt's breaking ball was. That thing is absolutely legit. Not a super hard thrower, but he has a really, really good breaking ball, and that that breaking ball will play and, you know, at a lot of different levels. So I'll be curious to see. He went up to AAA for a little bit, sent him back down to AA Tulsa. We'll see how long that lasts. But, hey, that breaking ball is very good. I'm going to get a chance to sit down and talk to him here in the near future. I'm going to do a Zoom interview with him instead of just from the stadium because his story is so good. I can't wait to tell it. And, you know, I think it's one that, that I think needs a little bit more time to tell. So going to get a chance to talk to him. Got to see Jake Polarski in person throw an inning and a third. And that was fun. He did give up a run, but 
His velo was good. He reached as high as 99. He had the really good braking stuff. So second time I've had a chance to see Jake Polarski in person. That was super exciting, and he did not disappoint. And then Tanner Dotson came in and got an out as well. Austin Gothier went one for four Tuesday evening to raise his average to 297, OPS 907 on the season. And then Yusniel Diaz got a base hit. He went one for four. Eddie's Leonard. Eddie's Leonard. He went two for four. Had a good night offensively. Good, good to see him have success. You know, on the offensive side after the slow start to the season. Got to see Brandon Lewis hit an opposite field home run. That was super, super fun, man. This guy again. He has a world of power. He has a really good hit tool. Slow start this year. The numbers don't look good. So every time. You know, he has a spark of positive momentum. Got to take advantage of that and start riding that and see what you can do, you know, as far as getting into a groove and getting those numbers back to the way that you want them to look. As far as Wednesday night, the AA Tulsa Drillers, they lost 3-2 to two, again at home to the Northwest Arkansas Travelers. It was a night to where... The, the Drillers, they, they struggled to score. They had just six hits and two runs. Austin Gothier had another hit. Gorbett Vivas had a multi-hit game with two hits. He went two for four. Also had an RBI Carson Taylor, talented catcher. He had a hit. Eddie's Leonard had another hit. And then Brandon Lewis, he had a hit as well. So back-to-back -back games for Brandon Lewis with hits. As far as pitching goes, River Ryan, the young man that is so talented. Five innings scoreless, man. River Ryan, this dude just – he, he just smells big time. Whenever you – he just has that aura of big time to him. River Ryan, five innings scoreless, six strikeouts, just one walk. Braden Fisher came in and got the hold. He gave up a run in one inning. Aldria Costa, he gave up a couple of runs. Aldria Costa, welcome to Tulsa. Can't wait to see him with my own eyes. Went one inning, gave up two runs. Hey, that transition to double-A sometimes is, you know, that's one that takes – it takes a minute. So, I'll see how long it takes Aldry to, to get adjusted double-A. But talented young man who goes on long stretches of time without giving up runs. And so, Kevin Gowdy finished it going one inning scoreless as well. So, again, the Drillers, they lose on Wednesday 3-2 uh, to two to the Northwest Arkansas Travelers, the AA affiliates of the Royals, they now move to 40 and 25 on the season. Great Lakes won two to one on Tuesday. It was a very exciting game. I know my man Austin Brubaker, who, hey, by the way, it's been requested. We are going to bring back Dodgers dogs every Wednesday night. It's going to be Wednesday night, I believe, uh, six o'clock. It's going to be six o'clock uh, Pacific, which would be seven o'clock my time, which would be eight o'clock. Let's see, which would be, okay, so 6 o'clock Pacific, which would be 8, 8 o'clock my time, and then 9 o'clock Eastern. That's when we're going to do Dodgers Dogs each Wednesday. Austin Brubaker, young man who gets to go to a lot of Great Lakes games, big Dodgers fan. He's going to be my co-host moving forward, so super excited about that. The Great Lakes Loons, they won Tuesday night. Austin was there. He got good video, so go to Austin Brew 99 on Twitter if you want to check that out. They moved to 43-20 and 20 on the season. Luis Diaz had a hit. So did Yainer Fernandez. Alex Freeland had two hits. I keep talking about how talented the switch hitting shortstop for the Loons Alex Freeland is. Damon Keith, who has been smoking hot, had a couple of hits as well. Taylor Young had a hit, and Jake Vogel had a hit as well. Hey, how about my man Justin Robleski? Got a chance to talk to his head coach at Oklahoma State, Josh Holiday, as I've been working the Oklahoma State baseball camp this past week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this week. I'll be working. That's why I've been I've been a little bit as far as my my social media. I haven't been posting as much because I've been super busy working the, the camp at Oklahoma State, working a camp this week and the next week as well. 
And I know Josh Holiday there, super proud of Justin Robleski and the job that he is doing with Great Lakes. I told you about him. You ran on the ground floor, Justin Robleski, at 98 left-handed with that fastball, had the Tommy John. I told you how talented he is. I got to see it at OSU. This guy's legit. He has the real deal stuff, trust me. His stuff's as good as any other young left-hander out there in the game right now, period. End of discussion. Okay, six innings. He had five Ks. He had zero walks, and he gave up just one run. So great job, Justin Robleski. Again, this was Tuesday night, Franklin De La Paz. He went one inning, scoreless, and then Mitchell Taransky, another scoreless inning for him. And then Benoni Robles, he had a good outing as well. He went one inning, scoreless for the Great Lakes Loons. Last night, Great Lakes in high A action as far as in the Midwest League. They won 8-3 to over the West Michigan Whitecaps. It was a good game offensively. Seven hits, nine runs. I said eight to three. Okay, so they had seven hits and they had eight runs. Excuse me, not nine runs. On the evening, Chris Newell, he had one hit. Luis Diaz, how about him? He has been smoking hot. His average is up to 259 after a very slow start for him. He went three for five, had three hits on the evening and three RBIs. Griffin Lockwood Powell hit his sixth home run. Luis Rodriguez hit his second double of the year. Lockwood Powell also had two hits and again, the Loons won 8-3 over the West Michigan Whitecaps. Ronan Cop, four innings scored us, four strikeouts, two walks. Ronan's ERA now down to 209. Fantastic left-handed pitcher. Hey, there's Robleski and Cop back-to-back. Two left-handers that are just absolutely fantastic, have great stuff, and that are different enough. Then you also have Maddox Bruns. So the left-handed pitching, as far as the starters go, are, are coming. You know, Tulsa, all the starters are right-handed. They moved Gamboa and Rooney to the pin. So all the starters in Tulsa are right-handed. Then you have three starters at Great Lakes that are left-handed. Great situation to be in. Ronaldo De Paulo, he had uh, one inning. He gave up one run in that one inning. Jermaine Rosario also gave up a run, but that was in three innings, and he actually got the win. So that was a very good performance from Jermaine Rosario. And Carlos De Los Santos went one inning and gave up a run as well. So again, last night, the Great Lakes Loons, they won 8-3 to to move their record to 44-20 and on the season. On Tuesday night, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they beat the Lake Elsinore Storm. Okay, they beat them 3-1. to It was a low-scoring game, which you don't get this time of year very often in the Cal League. So, hey, you'll take that anytime you get it because it seems like the games take quite a bit longer there because pitchers struggle to throw strikes. You, you have a whole bunch of runs. You have a whole bunch of weren't runs in ways that take a long time. So, hey, when you can get a 3-1 to game, you will take that any day of the week. Pitching-wise, Peyton Martin, the young man, I've talked to him. I've told you this guy is a rock star in the making. Three scoreless innings in the start. And then looking at David Tiburcio, he got the hold. He went two innings, gave up just one run. And then Jan Castro, he gave he squeaked through an inning, and uh, it went scoreless as well for him. So, so offensively on the evening for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they scored three runs on five hits on the evening. Kyle Nevin, he had a hit. So did Josue De Paula, and then Kenneth Betancourt and Dayton Dooney and Jose Izara. They each had a hit as well. So five hits on the evening, three runs, and the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes win 3-1 to one on Tuesday to move the record to 38 and 26. The action last night, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they won again 4-2 to two last night. Last night, they pounded out 
eight hits, scored four runs on the evening. Nevin had a hit again. Nick Bittison had a hit. He went one for four. How about Luis Rodriguez, man? He went four for four on the evening. Kenneth Betancourt had a couple hits as well. Madison Jeffrey got his first professional start on the bump and went two innings scoreless. So very good for him. Hey, you know, struggle to touch as far as throwing strikes at the back end of games as a reliever. So, hey, let's start him at the beginning of games. See how that goes. Two innings scored us. That was fantastic. Jonathan Edwards gave up a couple runs in his two innings. Calvin Bautista threw two scoreless innings, which was good for him. And Lucas Webb went and threw a scoreless inning to finish that game last night. He actually got his third save of the season. The Rancho Cucamonga Quakes moved to 39-26 and on the season. And so a good year for them so far. Two games in a row. They've won both games this week. So there you have it. I told you it's going to be a very, very, very busy show. I've been at the Tulsa game and then the Oklahoma City game. I've been working the Oklahoma State baseball camps. So I didn't have a chance to rip, you know, all of the video from the games last night, but that's okay. Hey, there's plenty of games to do that with. Want to make sure and get to all that action and and talk about it, though, because these guys, hey, this minor league grind is – it's a grind, and they deserve – all the attention and the credit they can get. So that's our show for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I also hope you tune in tomorrow. I also hope that, hey, that you go to DodgersDaily.net. And if you like this video, go ahead and click that like and leave a comment to all your friends about Dodgers Daily. And make sure and share this video and turn on your notifications. And also, if you'd like to help Dodgers Daily by donating, click the link in the description, which will take you to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account. As always, thanks for tuning in and go Dodgers.